You're listening to the Modern Vital Podcast, which explores the relationship between environmental factors and human health. Here is your host, Dr. Ben Reeves, founder of Portland Clinic of Natural Health and creator of the Modern Vital Program, a 90-day health protocol customized to each individual health journey. Stay tuned for fun, practical, and thought-provoking health tips, along with suggestions and insights into optimizing health and preventing chronic disease through integrative, naturopathic, and functional medicine approaches. Your body is unique, powerful, and intelligent. Your treatment should be too. On today's episode of the Modern Vital Podcast, we're going to talk more about electromagnetic fields or EMFs and potential health effects associated with their exposure, pollution, and I'm excited to announce that today's special guest is Nick, the EMF guy, Pino, just like the wine, who is the number one best-selling author of the Non-Tinfoil Guide to EMFs. I've read it. It's a fantastic book. I think it's probably the best primer and intro to EMFs that you can find out there. He's an advocate for safe technologies, and through his unconventional approach, blending humor, science, and common sense, he's becoming a leading voice on the topic of electromagnetic pollution and how it affects our health. And for the last few years, Nick has been interviewing some of the best minds on health and technology and facilitating the creation of courses and educational materials. I hear he's writing a new book. He's raising awareness on this very important topic. And you can find more about Nick at theemfguide.com. We'll also have a, a link in the notes. Uh, welcome to the show, Nick. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're over in Europe and um, attending conferences and uh, writing and all the things. So let's just jump right in. I mean, I want to hear a little bit about your story. Uh, how did you get into electromagnetic fields? Uh, yeah, I'm still wondering about it. And now it's been almost seven years full time that I've been writing and thinking about EMS and running around with meters and making people scared about it. You know, it's no, we're laughing. But in the end, yeah, it, it is a big daunting topic. I think this is really what hit me hard when I started reading about EMS as a citizen journalist, a curious guy with a background in communications. Uh, I had written extensively on so many topics, including our food supply, you know, glyphosate, uh, filtering water, meditation, and everything in between. I was really diving into holistic health and had been for the last, um, I'd say, 2008, 2009, I really started to get interested in it when I was uh, much younger. Uh, but really, EMF slapped me in the face, really, as a topic when I realized that all the devices, the everyday gadgets that were told every uh, by every institution were, to were told by Health Canada uh, back in Montreal where I live, were told by the FDA and the FCC in the United States, and were told by other um, health agencies all around the world for other countries that these things do nothing at the power levels that were exposed. So they do nothing negative. All they do is better your life, right? But the findings, the scientific findings, and it, this dates back from, from decades, even before the introduction of cell phones, uh, do show that there could be health effects. And I think that the health effects have been, um, I could say, suppressed uh, deliberately in order to 
launch a new business that was so exciting. The cell phones at first, of course, not really widely adopted, kind of reserved for a few rich people. But nowadays, we're really in the golden age of these smartphones and, uh, you know, Wi-Fi routers, laptops, everything is connected. And it would be very convenient if all of these devices were just safe at power levels that we're exposed to. But more and more science has come out in the last decades, especially Wow, just since January, in the last five months as we're recording this, there are so many good papers that are coming out that are just undeniable. There there are health impacts at the current levels of exposure. So if this is true, if these papers are true, and if all these these independent scientists, uh, that I think it's important to mention that independent scientists are finding these, they have no vested interest in cell phones, and they're really neutral about whether they're they're not fans or hate cell phones. They're just neutral. They, They want the truth to come out. This includes, for example, Leonard Hardell, who's a professor from Sweden, and he's arguably the first that sounded the alarm about Agent Orange and also oh, other wow. carcinogens. So he's, he's been pushing for carcinogens to be recognized as such for decades and decades. That's all he's been doing in his career. One of the best in the world, arguably, in toxicology. And he's been he's been at it for decades on the cell phone question. And he's been, you know, he's been recognized for other topics such as Agent Orange and other um, things, including dioxins, I think. But on EMFs, you know, he's been pushed aside a little bit. Like, oh, that work is not serious. So this is the really the, the state of affairs we're in is that all the devices are unsafe. The public and myself included were using these devices. And where do we go from now? Because it's kind of scary, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, here in, in like in naturopathic medicine, we have something called the doctrine of individuality, you know, where every every individual has unique biochemistry. And we see this a lot where people, you know, we've got the hypersensitive people on one end of the spectrum and then people who don't seem to react. And I think we're all wondering, like, how much are these really impacting us? Uh, you know, I mean, I, in your book, you talk about how the SAR, the specific absorption rate, when you hold a cell phone up to your head or listen to the cell phone uh, with your ear, you're at four times the SAR or SAR um, uh, in terms of safety, uh, in terms of electromagnetic radiation, and which is just mind blowing to me to think that, uh, you know, how much am I really hurting myself potentially by having a cell phone in my head all the time? Yeah, it's it's even to be honest, it's 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 much worse. <laughs> Sorry about that. But uh, one of the intro of my new book starts with most of what I previously wrote was wrong, and in a sense, it was wrong because I think I underestimated really how badly wrong the safety standards are, and how badly inappropriate the safety standards really are around cell phone safety, but also the safety of any wireless communications. Uh, just recently, a few months ago. Uh, the uh, international, uh, it's uh, ICBE, International Commission for the Biological Effects of Electromagnetic Fields. And that's a mouthful. So I'm proud of myself for (laughs) thinking about it. But this group of scientists published a few papers that are very interesting, where they really went back to the 80s when the safety standards were determined. And how were they determined? Well, it was on a handful of rats and a handful of monkeys. And basically, they exposed the rats and the monkeys to 
to increasingly higher levels of microwave radiation, which is the same type that your cell phone and Wi-Fi router and gadgets, Bluetooth, everything produce. And eventually the animals stopped eating. And basically they decided, okay, well, that's behavioral change. We're going to put a safety threshold and this is safe for humans. So basically it goes against everything that we know about toxicology. This is, this is just, you know, fake science, pseudoscience, if you will, of how this was determined. And these are engineers and not, you know, biologists and doctors that set these standards. So it was more like a standard that makes you avoid burning from your phone literally like okay if you're not if if your brain temperature is not increasing more than one degree inside the brain you're perfectly fine but that's not how biology works these are thermal effects that of course could create problems if you overheat the brain you you kind of create effects related to heating and even the heating effects do uh, impact for example fertility and uh, potentially are, are part of the reason that your cell phone might harm fertility for 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 starters but there are non thermal effects that have been completely ignored and among them are are effects that can really impact any part of your body including oxidative stress oxidative stress is at the is thought along with inflammation and other you know, buzzwords like this in, in medical research are thought to be among the root causes of any disease, any disease state out there, especially oxidative stress that you cannot recuperate from. Um, some people talk about stress these days. It is an environmental stressor. And part of the problem with EMFs, though, compared to other toxins or environmental stressors we might be exposed to is that it never stops right? We're exposed 24-7. And of course, not everyone talks on the phone 24-7, but they do for several hours, or they keep a phone in the pocket, for example, or next to their bedstand. And overall, our exposure is pretty much unabated nonstop. And that's basically, I think, at the root of the problem, because the research shows if you can minimize exposure, you can probably minimize these risks greatly. Yeah, I mean, I, I see this a lot in my practice, and I'd love to talk a little bit more about uh, fertility and, and low testosterone, uh, you know, how it disrupts yep. hormones, because I'm seeing this a lot with um, some of my patients who are more running, you know, they're running tech companies, spending hours um, in front of their computer with laptops on their on their laps, uh, on phones, I mean, you name it. And, uh, you know, we're trying everything in the naturopathic and functional medicine book, uh, you know, and still not getting results. And then when we're moving technology just a little bit, it seems like we're seeing things nudge a little bit uh, toward the direction of health. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Sure. You know, there's been concerns about fertility for more than a decade. I would say more than two decades now. Even in the military, military personnel exposed to radar, which is, again, the same technology, microwave emissions, although at a much higher power, it was known that this can harm fertility. Uh, Some scientists told me that even back in the days, military personnel, some of them went and exposed themselves to radar before they hit the ground, those from the Navy, before they hit a port, because they wanted to, let's say, have a cheap way of avoiding having babies, you know? Uh, So it was a bit of a myth or, let's say, 
uh, a bit of pseudoscience here or anecdotal science, but it is plausible that it harms your fertility. In fact, now we know that it does and that it will reduce your, your chances of having the most motile and uh, morphologically sound sperm that you could have. So a lot of men these days have trouble conceiving. Sometimes, of course, the man is uh, the culprit, if you want, or the, the male fertility is not good and the sperm just doesn't work, doesn't have the vitality it needs, or even the sperm count, or sometimes it's the female. But men have trouble with fertility all around the world. This is true among many, many countries, if not the entire Western world at the moment where technology is used so much. And even this is also increasing in India, in China, in the Asian world as well, where people are using more and more technology. Now, uh, even mainstream scientists, for example, Dr. Andrew Huberman from Stanford, um, Stanford came out in early January and said, I did review the, you know, the fertility issue with cell phones in the pocket. And according to him, the data is clearer than with BPA and other plastics and endocrine disruptor when it comes to how much the cell phone can harm testosterone and also how much it can harm fertility. So that's Stanford. If you ask uh, the scientists from the Cleveland Clinic, because there's an entire department of uh, male fertility there, in 2010, in their brochures, you can find it on the internet archive, they said one of the five steps preventative measures, of course, we don't know if there's harm. They were kind of prudent about their approach. What should you do to improve fertility or you reduce your risk of not having good fertility? What, step number five was do not keep a phone in the pocket. And that's based on their own uh, studies that they did around cell phones and fertility. But what is important to note here is that all these impacts that are identified in medical research are within the normal exposures that are considered perfectly safe by cell phone manufacturers, it's all part, it's all within our safety guidelines. If you believe the telecoms or uh, whether it's Apple or Samsung or the telecom companies, Verizon, or even our own government, Health Canada or the FCC, they all say there are no effects. So of course, it does show that, you know, these statements are completely inaccurate. And it also begs the question, well, what is the safety level, right? What is the safe level? And we don't know that. And that's the thing. A lot of people, you know, are want these easy answers like, okay, well, what's the dose of EMFs I should be, uh, I should be exposed to, and then I'll be safe. Well, we just know that our current exposure is problematic. So therefore, what should we do? Well, we shouldn't be completely extreme about it and necessarily run from civilization, although some people that are extremely sensitive might have to get away from sources uh, in a very dramatic fashion. But what you should do is minimize your exposure the best you can, just like with pesticide exposure, you know, right. what should we do about pesticides? Should you stop eating altogether? No, doesn't work. Should you eat organic, try to minimize pesticide exposure where you can? Yes. What are a couple of things you uh, recommend? I mean, like one thing I do, I mean, I turn my Wi-Fi off at night. I notice a huge difference. Yeah. I'm a little bit more sensitive than the average person for sure. 
Uh, I sleep more deeply. I, I can actually feel when the Wi-Fi is on, I think. Um, and mm-hmm. I even know when I forgot to turn it off sometimes. Um, yep. So that's huge for me. And then I've got like green wave filters in my uh, office here, as well as my home. That actually makes everything feel a lot calmer to me um, uh-huh. in, in, in the office and at home. And I notice it. Um, I even feel like my animals and my family are... Uh, are affected by it too. Um, uh, I'm just curious, what, what are a couple things that you sort of live by in terms of just practical tips? Yeah, I'd say number one, if you can avoid these exposures that are touching your body, I think you're avoiding most of the, you know, the worst dangers out there. The number one danger that could unfortunately literally kill someone is using a cell phone on the head um, whether it's one side or the other, and then you get a brain tumor down the road. And there, it, this has been established that, you know, it's still, of course, debated, but a, a lot of people are suing telecoms at the moment because of brain tumors, and some of them died from it. And it's arguable, was it caused, was it not caused? Well, we know that in the data, it it does increase risks of ipsilateral brain tumors uh, of different types, including also the parotid gland. It's thought to maybe have an influence with thyroid uh, cancer as well. And then we just lag data severely on other cancer types. So it, it just, you know, when the data will come out, maybe a lot of people will be sorry and will realize, my God, my phone in the pocket has actually in, uh, influenced my colon cancer or my, you know, my ovarian cancer, urinary tract. So there's a lot of cancers even our, in our youth, I, I heard in the last years that are uh, greatly increasing. Well, this has been just an awesome talk, Nick. Um, is there anything else? Uh, I, I know you're writing a new book. You want to tell us a little bit about that or is it too early? Sure. Uh, no, I mean, I can talk about it. Unfortunately, it's not going to come out, I think, for the next two years. It's kind of a long project. But, you know, I'm just uh, completely amazed at the amount of data that is coming out. And it's not just around fertility or brain cancer. It's about, for example, the health of our youth and and how it might impact kids. Uh, there's Dr. Uh, Hugh Taylor uh, from Yale, who's a researcher, uh, has been running experiments uh, on rats around prenatal exposures to EMFs. So in other words, mothers that are using phones or maybe using a laptop on their belly, as a, a lot of pregnant moms unfortunately do, and what is the impact on their offspring? So of course, we don't test on actual pregnant mothers. There is epidemiology where they look at past exposures. And there there are six different large uh, cohort studies that have shown the same uh, data that it might, uh, you know, the more a mother is exposed uh, before birth to cell phones or other wireless technologies, the greater the risk of their child developing ADD, ADHD-like symptoms or even allergies. So we don't know exactly, you know, what's the mechanism here? Is it that it, it impacts the maturation of certain parts of the brain? We don't know. Is it the the maturation of the nervous system? And everything is inter- interrelated, but we don't exactly need to wait for this data to say, look, if you're pregnant, 
try not to have a phone very close to the abdomen is just common sense. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't have this data and it's still a controversial thing to do, uh, to say in the media to, to make such a claim, but the data is increasingly and increasingly clear. So in the meantime, we, we should just focus on avoiding these devices that are very close to the body. There are other ways to use a phone, including speakerphone, including, you know, using wired earbuds. And unfortunately, I'm not a fan, and uh, I know now Dr. Huberman is not a fan, and so many people uh, that I talked to after learning about EMS, they're not fans of Bluetooth. And I know this is inconvenient because Bluetooth is cool, it's the new headphones, almost every uh, electronics company that I used to be a fan of, such as Bose, uh, that used to make these, they've discontinued these products. Now they only make Bluetooth models. And uh, and uh, please, if someone finds a wired version, let me know because I love Bose, but unfortunately it's all moving in the wrong direction. But I would not recommend using Bluetooth for extended periods of time for the reasons we mentioned in this interview. So I think we're, we're better safe than sorry. So it's a message where we shouldn't be paranoid about it, but you know your everyday habits they will stack up and and be cumulative over time. So if you can avoid uh, wearing your phone in your pocket twenty four seven, do it. Try to wear it in a backpack. Wear it even in the back pocket would be slightly preferable. Or there are special cases that might uh, that might work, including uh, Shield Your Body, for example. That's a good company I've been recommending. That could you. Know, you know, minimize the problem. So I'd say just prudent avoidance is a way to go. And especially with kids, try to teach them prudent avoidance and try to, um, when you hand them devices, try to have them wired to the internet with an ethernet cable. And I, that's the kind of stuff I've been uh, teaching about since I first wrote my book in 2017. And, uh, or just use devices that, ha- that are on airplane mode that do not emit wireless. And you can have pre-downloaded movies, pre-downloaded uh, games on there. So it's not like you cannot use technology. It's just that you have to think about these exposures because um, every exposure is just cumulative. And the more you work on reducing it, I think the better off uh, you will be in the future. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Nick. It's been a real pleasure. Um, where can people you know, find you? Where, where do you live on the internet? <laughs> yes, it's uh, theemfguy.com. You're going to find my book. I also have a course to help you apply the book. It's called Electropollution Fix. So even my, my entire mentality around you know, how to eliminate sources, how to minimize exposure has evolved a lot in the last seven years. And the most up-to-date version of you know, my recommendations and really how to take it to the next level and make your home a safer place to live in, it's all in the course also. So this, this can all be found on my website, including my newsletter. Awesome. Thank you so much. And that concludes today's episode of the Modern Vital Podcast. We would love to hear from you. We value your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions, please reach out to me at ben at modernvital.com. Also, please leave us a review if you enjoyed this episode. We look forward to having you join us next week for another exciting episode of the Modern Vital Podcast. Podcast.